0: Hello and welcome back to the Into the Huddle podcast. I'm Rodrigo.
1: And I'm JW.
0: And today, we're going to be recapping week five in the NFL. It was a fascinating week. There are a lot of great storylines, a lot of great games. So let's get right to it, starting with America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, who have rallied from being starting the season 0-1, are now 4-1. Dak Prescott got hurt in the first week. Cooper Rush got put in, and he has been pretty solid. Cooper Rush is still undefeated as a starting quarterback in the NFL, and in this game, he didn't have to do much against the Rams. The Cowboys won by a score of 22-10. to Cooper Rush, I think he had barely 100 yards. He wasn't that great, but the Cowboys' defense was really phenomenal. The Rams could not move the ball, and they just the Cowboys defense completely suffocated the Rams offense. What are your impressions of this game?
1: I mean, yeah, this Cowboys defense is certainly for real. They only gave up uh, three points to this Rams team because one of their touchdowns was scored off a, a fumble recovered by the Rams for a touchdown.
0: Or I think the Cowboys recovered a fumble
1: for. A touchdown. Did the Cowboys? Recover? Yeah, because
0: Cooper Cup had a long. Oh,
1: touchdown oh, pass. yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, but still, this they scored ten points against mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Ret- Returning Super Bowl champions, a team that's, you know, known for its high-powered offense, only giving up 10 points. This defense is amazing. They ran the ball, I mean, all over a good running defense. I mean, this is a team with Aaron Donald in the middle, and they were still able to run the ball for, like, five yards of carry. So it doesn't really matter who they have, at the quarterback, if they're still able to run the ball with Zeke and Tony Pollard and just run all over some of these defenses.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, the Cowboys defense this game, you know, I've been doubt, I've kind of haven't been too confident in them all season because I think some of the Cowboys' opposition hasn't been that great. But you you said, I mean, this is the Super Bowl champions, and to go into LA and completely shut them down, bar that one really long Cooper Cup touchdown, I mean, this Cowboys' defense may be the best defense in the NFL because they have talent all over the field. Trayvon Diggs is one of the league's best corners. They still have Vander Esch, who's a pretty solid linebacker. Micah Parsons is a dominant pass rusher. They have other players like Demarcus Lawrence on that defensive line. So, I mean, you're right. If Whether Dak or Cooper rushes in, I think the Cowboys are going to be fine because their defense is so good. You talked about the run game. But now the Cowboys have to make a decision because, yes, we know the quarterback is not the most important part of their team right now. But Dak is pretty much healthy again and you know Dak has been the starting quarterback for six seven years now and he's been pretty good and and he's been great at times but Cooper Rush is undefeated I mean like you can't take that away from him so do you think they should stick with Cooper Rush
1: I mean obviously Dak you know he has more talent he stretches the field more uh he opens up the run game for them better but like he looked really bad in that first start. I know in, he got hurt in like I think it was the third quarter, but even before that, I mean, he was playing terrible. He scored they scored only three points against the Buccaneers, who really haven't looked that good all season. And I mean, he, he wasn't passing the ball well. And since then, Cooper Rush, when he since he's taken over as a starting quarterback, I mean, he's he's managed his team to, you know, be scoring over twenty points every single game he started. How do you not ride with the hot hand in Cooper Rush when Dak's one performance this year was terrible? Yeah,
0: I see what you're saying, and I think this is one of the most complicated quarterback situations in the NFL, and really one of the most complicated ones in a long time because you're right. Cooper Rush has been a great player for the Cowboys. He's done exactly what you need a backup quarterback to do, gone in, won every game. He hasn't made any mistakes. I don't believe he's thrown an interception this entire season. And, but the thing about him is he's a game manager, basically. You know, the Cowboys offense has not been extremely high powered. They've been relying on their defense. They've been relying on their run game during this game against the Rams. He really wasn't asked to do much. So though I agree with you that I think now you have to stick with Cooper Rush just because he hasn't lost. I'm not sure he's the long-term answer for them because When you're playing against a Rams offense that's been struggling a little bit, you know, maybe that's okay. It's okay to have Hooper Rush, and he's a really good player then. But once you get deep into the playoffs, which I think the Cowboys have the potential to do, there are going to be some games where your defense isn't going to be able to stop, say, maybe the Philadelphia Eagles or the Green Bay Packers or some other – or if you even make the Super Bowl, for example, some of the high-powered offenses in the AFC. And when you're in a big shootout and you need to score lots of points – I think Dak is a better alternative to Cooper Rush. And I think if you look at it this week, the Cowboys play the Eagles. I think you stick with Cooper Rush because that's really gonna indicate where he is and whether you can win with him. Do you think Okay,
1: but how good really is Dak? He's been playing in Dallas, one of the premier organizations in the NFL for what six years now? And he's won what one playoff game? Mm-hmm. One playoff game? They've made the playoffs probably what three or four times three while he's times, been yeah. there won one playoff game, lost three. How good really is he? Because we, we've been talking about this for years. Dak just picks up stats and garbage time, throwing the ball all over the field. How how much better than your than a good backup quarterback is is Dak?
0: I mean, I think he's more talented. I think we of can course, both agree on course. that. And he has more potential. Like Cooper Rush is probably not going to go out and throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. Dak has the potential to do that. I will say Dak is more mistake-prone than Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush has proved that, you know, he doesn't really make any mistakes. He hasn't thrown an interception this season. So, you know, what I think I I'm, I'm starting to see, I think maybe the Cowboys should stick with Cooper Rush, and I think this game against the Eagles is going to be really indicative because if they beat the Eagles and if Cooper Rush plays pretty well, I think there's no way you give the He's back. Yeah, if they Dak. can
1: run a ball control offense, you know, run the ball well, play good defense versus the Eagles and win this game like 21 to 17, something like that. How do you not stick with Cooper? Exactly. Dixon? Now if they can just get outscored. I think you gotta you gotta turn to Dak and 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 also and if
0: maybe. if that does happen and they do get outscored, then it's completely justifiable to go to Dak and all of the critics, they won't have anything to say because you lost against the Eagles. But if you sub him out. This game, if you put Dak in against the Eagles and then they lose, there's going to be so many people saying, oh, you should have stuck with Cooper Rush. So I think definitely for this upcoming game, they should play Cooper Rush because it's the safe bet. And if you lose, which you might because the Eagles are a very good football team, that's the perfect excuse to put Dak back in. But overall, I think this is a fascinating situation in Dallas, and I'm excited to see uh, what happens there. Uh, Let's talk about another one of the big games. Monday Night Football, the Chiefs against the Raiders. For much of this game, it looked like the Raiders were going to win. They had a 17-point lead at one point in the first half. But Patrick Mahomes rallied back. He got his biggest regular season comeback of his career, helped by Travis Kelsey, who had four touchdowns this game, which is absolutely insane. But at the end, the Raiders had a chance to tie the game they scored a long Devonte adams touchdown the score was 30 to 29 all they had to do was kick the extra point and instead they went for a two-point conversion didn't convert it then at the end of the game they failed on a late fourth down when Devonte adams and hunter renfro collided like how does that even happen that's just embarrassing then Devonte adams throws a tantrum on the sidelines it seems like everything is unraveling for the
1: raiders i mean what what do you think of this? I mean, like, this crazy team. How do you not kick the the extra point right there? You have time on the clock. This is not this was not a one second left on the clock, like you win the game or you lose the game based on this. No, they got the ball back later. There was like what three minutes left in this game. They their defense forced a punt from Kansas City. I mean, this you you kick the extra point and then you give yourself a chance to go for the field goal later in the fourth quarter, or just go into overtime. Terrible call by McDaniels.
0: I agree, and I think it's time to really start doubting Josh McDaniels as a head coach, because he failed in Denver as a head coach a long time ago. He's been an offensive coordinator for so long, and everyone thinks he's going to be great just because he's been the coach, the offensive coordinator with the Patriots and under Bill Belichick, when none of Bill Belichick's assistants have worked out in the NFL. They've basically all been failures, right? So I really think he's on the hot seat now because the Raiders are one in four. I get that they've lost four really close games, but a lot of those games have come down to really poor coaching decisions. And you talked about it. This was another example of that. You're playing against Patrick Mahomes, right? Like, even if you get that two-point conversion, odds are Patrick Mahomes is probably going to go down and score a field goal. If he doesn't, then you're going to get the ball back anyway, so you mentioned that you had a chance to then win the game and you don't run the risk of losing the game. This was a, just a terrible decision. How are you, with three minutes left, going to go for a two-point conversion, and and you didn't even have like a clever play call. Like I get it if you had some clever play design when you get Devontae Adams one-on-one and you trust your matchup, that's fine but they just ran it right down the middle with Josh Jacobs.
1: And they were not even having that much success with Josh Jacobs all night. He was getting mostly bottled up.
0: Exactly. I mean, I think he was a little – He was, he was good in the first half. But still, that Chiefs defense has Chris Jones and, you know, a pretty solid defensive line. So I totally agree with you. That was the wrong play call. And you saw how frustrated the Raiders were at the end of the game. Devontae Adams pushed a cameraman. He threw his helmet down. He was clearly very upset. I mean, it's just not been a good start to the season for the Raiders. And I think they're a kind of team that can unravel very quickly because they have a lot of big names, a lot of talent, and it just seems like Josh McDaniels has not been able to gain the trust of the locker room the same way that uh, Rich Bisakia did last season. He was obviously the interim head coach. I said they should have stuck with him because he managed to galvanize the team. They all were around him after the John Gruden fiasco. Now with Josh McDaniels, it's like John Gruden all over again.
1: I, I mean, but, okay, there is one upside for this Raiders team. Of their next five games, none of the teams they play have a winning record. They're playing the Texans up first. That's, I mean, if they don't win that one, Fire that! Fire Josh McDaniels. The Texans are terrible, dude. Like, they need to win that one. After that, they got the Saints, the Jaguars, Colts, Broncos, Seahawks. None of those teams are really that good, Mm -hmm. and they can easily win all of those games. Go five and one in those games, and and get the season back around where it should be.
0: Absolutely. Although one of the things they have to worry about is the fact that they're in such a competitive division. They play the Chiefs. They almost beat them, but they didn't. You know, the Chiefs are going to be pretty good. The Chargers seem to be getting back on track after two consecutive wins. So even if they do win their next five games, they're going to be what? Six and four? That might not be good enough to win the division in the AFC West or maybe even make the playoffs in the AFC, which is so competitive. Yeah. So let's now move over to quick hits. Um, Let's start with the Giants, who beat the Packers in London. They are now four and one. Who would have thought? That the giants would be this good but brian Dable has really turned them around do you think they're serious contenders
1: yeah i mean especially in the nfc nfc is not it's clearly not as strong as the afc uh there's definitely serious contenders for their division uh i mean their division the eagles and the cowboys are the only other two teams competing and so that that is actually looking like a solid division but they can definitely make a wild card make some noise in the playoffs they just kind of find a way to win games this team so yeah i like that i think i think when they get to the playoffs their team that no one's gonna want to face they're a scrappy team and they'll they'll kind of win anyway they have to
0: Mm -hmm. although i will say i'm not still sure about daniel jones i'm not too convinced that he is the right answer for them but i agree they're very scrappy they find a way to win
1: uh yeah and so panthers they they had a tough week this week fire their head coach matt rule fire their uh defensive coordinator Should they just go all in for the tank and uh, trade Christian McCaffrey away to a contender, or should they build around him for the future?
0: You know, uh, like two or three years ago after McCaffrey had that insane season and the Panthers let go of Cam Newton, I was one of the people who said they should trade Christian McCaffrey now because this is the highest his value is ever going to be. A running back is not that valuable in the NFL, and because he's had such a great season, I think you could get two or three first-round picks for him. Now he's had lots of injuries and he's not that valuable. So, yeah, I think you trade him, but it's really a, a sign that things have gone really poorly for the Panthers because now maybe you can get a second-round pick for him, maybe even a first. He's still a good player, but he has a lot of questions surrounding him concerning his health. I think the Panthers, you you do have to rebuild. I know they have some good players on the defensive side of the ball. They have some good offensive linemen, but they keep it's the Panthers remind me a lot of the Colts where they keep trying to put band-aids over a gaping wound, at quarterback, right? Like the Colts this is their fifth quarterback in five years. The Panthers is like their fourth quarterback in four years. Right. They, they tried making it work with Sam Darnold. They tried making it work with Kyle Allen. And you know, what was that quarterback's name from the XFL? Uh, the one with Houston,
1: like, PJ uh, Walk- Walker, Walker. Yeah. Walker, this yeah. team has just been a revolving door.
0: Yeah. Like they just had so many quarterbacks. And, you know, Baker Mayfield's been terrible for them. I think they just have to embrace a rebuild, look to draft someone in the draft. And yeah, I agree, trade CMC. So the Texans won a game. No team in is going winless. Yeah, no team. Who would have thought that after beating the LA Chargers and competing with the Philadelphia Eagles? The Jacksonville Jaguars lose
1: to the Houston Texans at home. Look, but now the that- Texans have the Jaguars' number. You know? Yeah, out of any teams that have their number, that's probably the worst one. But hey. I
0: mean, now that the Texans have won, who do you think the worst team in the league is? Because there's no one winless anymore.
1: Look, it I, it could still be the Texans. They they did not play well yesterday. That was the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence kind of throwing that game away. Uh, but I think it could be somehow the Bears. They have two wins, though, versus the Niners in that super rainy, muddy week one game against the Niners. So I don't really, I mean, can you really count that one as a win? That, mm-hmm. That's more of a win for the weather. And then against the Texans at home, that was a close one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Texans, the Bears, these, the Panthers, these are three teams that are, are clearly competing for that number one. Yeah, I would um, add the great.
0: Washington uh, Commanders, as they're not called. When Carson Wentz is your best player, that's a pretty bad sign for your football team.
1: Yeah, uh, And then, so the Ravens and the Bengals, that, they ended that game with Justin Tucker uh, making a great field goal to, to win the game. Do you think he's the best kicker of all time?
0: I think at this point, he might be. I think I'm ready to put him up there. He is just so good. I think I saw a stat that he's like 94% on game-winning field goals, which is crazy. I mean, pressure just does not get to him. He is fantastic. I think he might be the best kicker of all time. Maybe he's missing that like one marquee field goal to like make it to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl. Like Obviously, Vinatieri has two field goals to win the Super Bowl, so those put him up there. But I think... In terms of pure talent, Justin Tucker has to be up there, and this was a huge win for the Ravens going up to three and two. The Bengals, I mean, the hangover continues. Um, One of the big controversies this week was the roughing the passer calls. There was one last night where uh, Chris Jones tackled Derek Carr. I think he fumbled, and somehow they called roughing the passer on Chris Jones. And then there was another one in the Falcons-Buccaneers game, which iced the game, where the Falcons sacked Tom Brady like it was a completely normal sack. They called roughing the passer, and the Buccaneers won the game because of it. Are you concerned about this this trend yeah, that's going I mean, on? This
1: week was just a bad week for roughing the passer calls. Uh, and those calls, I mean, neither of the guy really tried to throw the ball. Tom Brady didn't try and throw the ball at all. He just got normally sacked, kind of thrown down a little bit. But that's a perfectly run of the mill sack in the NFL. And then Derek Carr, yeah, he, he was kind of throwing the ball, but when he brought his arm back, Chris Jones swatted the ball down. So it, it, just, it was just a normal tackle to me, and I, I just don't, I don't see what these refs are seeing. These are not like late hits. you know. These are on guys with the ball. They're just trying to make a play. I think we need to get away from a lot of these rough and the passer calls.
0: Absolutely. Uh, let's now move into our predictions for week six. There are two really fantastic games, at least on paper. I know some of the games this year haven't lived up to expectations, but hopefully these will. Let's start with a 3 o'clock game on Sunday. The rematch from one of the best football games of all time, the divisional round game last year. The Bills come back to Kansas City at the Chiefs. Two huge teams, two great quarterbacks, two high-powered offenses. Who do you have winning this game?
1: Look, I got the Bills winning this game. The Chiefs, they're coming off of a, a super close win last week. Uh, I think that kind of gets them on on sort of an emotional high. And I just don't think they can they can continue the magic two weeks in a row, especially not against this really good Bills team. I think they're gonna gonna kind of put a stop to that.
0: So I'm gonna disagree here. I'm gonna pick the Chiefs, mainly because the Chiefs just kind of have the Bills number. It's kind of like their are kryptomite. There's just something that happens every time the Bills play the Chiefs where the Bills just don't look good. I think they maybe won in the regular season last year. But last year in the playoffs, they were up, gave Patrick Mahomes 13 seconds to drive down the field and kick a game-time field goal. So I think the Bills have the better team, but I think there's just something about this matchup where – the Bills just—they can't—they like they're faced whenever they play the Chiefs. They just can't deal with it. I—I I think I trust Patrick Mahomes to find a way to win this game against a better team. Also, another factor is that it's in Kansas City. We know that crowd is going to be wild because this has become such a big rivalry over the past few years. Now, let's talk about the Sunday night football game. The Cowboys play the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles in Philly. Who's winning?
1: Look, I got the Cowboys winning this one in a little bit of an upset. I think that run game can continue where they were last week. I think t- they lean on to both Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. And I think they they run the ball well. They don't give Jalen Hurts a lot of drives, don't give him a lot of time. They let the defense work, and I think they win this one in, in kind of a slugfest, low-scoring game.
0: So I can see that happening. However, I think the Eagles have a better overall team. I think they have the momentum. They're playing at home. And Jalen Hurts has been really good this year. I know they kind of didn't play as well against the Cardinals last week, but I think I trust Jalen Hurts a little bit more than Cooper Rush. I definitely think it's going to be very competitive. These are two very good defenses. So I think in a close one, because Jalen Hurts has been so electric, he makes just he'll make like a few amazing plays. That completely changed the tide of the game when it looks improbable for the Eagles. So I think in an extremely close game, the Eagles win this one. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Into the Huddle podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you stay tuned next week for a recap of week six. And uh, make sure to, once again, subscribe to our podcast to stay notified whenever we, we post a new episode. Make sure you share it with your friends. Thanks, and see you next week.